Hello everyone, welcome to Sweet Talk with Honey Rogers and a second Honey Rogers in the background as you can probably hear and <laughs> Naya. I'm working my way through what has to be like a pound of broccoli so you will hear disgusting chewing noises once again and holy shit a lot of pay-per-view stuff has happened since the last time we had a pay-per-view review and because I think the last pay-per-view review we did because we I don't even think we did day one because that was on our break I think we vaguely talked about it in our comeback episode but we didn't ever actually dedicate anything to it which whatever we all saw that it was all awesome uh but since then the Royal Rumble has happened which I did not watch because if you listen to our my little short anniversary episode last week um you know that I was in the ER so I was not in a place to watch wrestling um kept up with it Naya I don't remember if you said you actually watched the Rumble or not I did watch the Rumble oh fuck on a stick god damn it sorry that's unrelated Rumble's my favorite pay-per-view, so <laughs> whether I'm excited about it or not, it's kind of like WrestleMania for me. Whether I'm excited about Rumble or not, I'm probably always going to watch. Um, so, I did. Can't say I enjoyed it very much, but I definitely watched it. I haven't missed a Rumble since I start. I restarted watching wrestling until this one, and I felt bad, but I was like, whatever, at the end of the day. I was like, I had more important shit to worry about. <laughs> but, so, uh, basically, I missed... Elimination Chamber, Honey Mist Rumble, so I guess, like... It evens out. It bounces It evens out. out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to talk about the Rumble, your thoughts on it, I'll just kind of pop in and out while I'm eating this broccoli. God, there's so much. My general thoughts on the Rumble uh, mm. is basically Rawlings had an amazing <laughs> match to open the show. Like, ah, set- fuck! I forgot that happened! <laughs> they set the bar so high... Seth Rollins came out to the shield music in his shield gear. I personally had a heart attack um, and died in funny, came that's to what life. I, funny, that's what I was in the ER for. <laughs> I forgot about that. I did not, to clarify, I did not have a heart attack. I went to the ER for some unpleasant chest pains and then it turned out to just be like inflammation in my ribs and anxiety. So I do want to clarify, but... And then, I, and then I also had chest pains, but it was all Seth Rollins' fault. Um, <laughs> kidding. But, yeah, they had an amazing match. The only, the literal only complaint I have about it, and if you follow me on Twitter, you'll know that this has been basically the only thing I've been talking about, um, is that I don't like the fact that it's over. Like, I just don't. Um, <laughs> I don't. I feel like it was left on a very uncertain note. Like, where it feels like it's it's should be or it's going to be picked up again. And I hope that it is. Um, <laughs> whether 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 it's at WrestleMania or after WrestleMania, is it is what it is at this point. Seth does wait. not need to be getting up in my Brock and Roman match. That bitch can wait. <laughs> I feel like Seth should be in the Brock and Roman bitch match. Bitch can wait. Also, if he isn't, if he isn't, Just let the bottoms fine. fight. Just let the bottoms it, fight. <laughs> so yeah this is unrelated but i did just have to explain to someone like the history of brock's homophobic remarks and i was like but i do want to clarify that like even though he did all this i do not care (laughs) i still love that big ass sasquatch catch catch one bitch so whatever (laughs) 
anytime anybody brings up Brock being homophobic to me, I'm like, he definitely kissed Kurt Angle on the mouth, so I don't really care. Um, he also, apparently, he kissed Chris Jericho on the forehead when they were having their altercation. I love that for him. That's so iconic. <laughs> like, the reason... Was, okay, off topic, off topic. First one, we got four minutes in before we got off Before we got off topic. Oh, my God. But, uh... For those of you who don't know, which I assume all of you have some vague idea, if not just by looking at Brock Lesnar and assuming he's vaguely racist and homophobic, in which you would be right. <laughs> but in 2004, he was doing an interview at a bar. A guy came up to him and said, hey, my friend is interested in you. And the friend was a dude. Brock went on some kind of rant, expletive laden and all that, and then said to the interviewer, put that in your notebook that I don't like gays. I do want to say... He did apologize a month later. It was definitely a shitty apology, but, I mean, what else are you gonna get from that emotionally stunted motherfucker? And at that point, he was also, like, 24, so he was, like, even more emotionally stunted. Because I think that was also when he was, like, drunk and high all the time. Which is I would not say, like, so good for him. I'm not saying, like, I, whether I know Brock Lesnar is homophobic still or not, but I feel like, at the very least, Brock just doesn't care. Excuse me. I think. At this point, like, I, it's just, like, it does not matter to him. Like, excuse is me. he gonna show up to the next gay pride parade? Probably not, but, like. But imagine if he did. <laughs> One of my goals in life is by the time Brock is 55, I'm gonna get him all up in the LGBTQ community. I'm gonna be like. I was you also. <laughs> I was also going to say, when you were explaining this story just now, I fully expected you to say someone walked up to Brock and asked him how he feels about his large following in the gay community, and Brock responded, <laughs> the gay community. <laughs> I was really holding it a laugh as I thought of that. Um. But, like, but he also, evidently, during the altercation with Chris Jericho, he did allegedly use some sexist and homophobic slurs directed at Chris Jericho, which... I want to make this clear. I would also use sexist and homophobic slurs if I were fighting Chris Jericho. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just like I'm both I'm both gay and trans, so I get to do that. But I do not blame Brock because I would also have done the same thing. Chris Jericho, where were you on January 6th? That's the only thing I have to say. <laughs> January 6th, 2021. That's the new tagline for this, for this podcast. <laughs> Chris Jericho, where were you on January 20th? Adam, Sh Adam Sher, where were you on January 26th? EC3, where were you on January 26th? Oh, especially EC3. I, where were you? I, I need an alibi. Somebody, I need witnesses. Oh, God. You know how frustrating it is knowing that Chompa is friends with EC3? I'm like, oh, I I'm like, I can handle you being Blue Lives Matter. I not, cannot handle you being a January 6th bitch. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, Rawlings feud. This is Rawlings I, feud, right. <laughs> I actually do anticipate that they will um, retouch on that at one point in the future. I think, if anything, because I do... Barring some kind of major catastrophe, I do think that Roman is going to leave before Seth. So I think, and I do think that is not too far in the future. I think Roman, at the most, has five years in WWE on a consistent schedule left. But I, I, I am think, of the same belief. I think. Sorry, go ahead. I just I think that if anything, that'll be like one of their wrap up feuds. 
Like, Roman will do his, like, round of, like, greatest hits. And I think Seth will be, like, one of the big blow-off feuds. Just because I think that makes sense. To kind of... Because, like, even before WWE, their careers started together in FCW. Well, Roman's career started. Their Roman's career started with Seth in FCW. And with Dean. Obviously, his, you know, last feud ever should be Dean. But I'm never gonna get that and... That's because life sucks and we're in the shitty timeline where there's not taco trucks on every corner. Um, but I do think they will, and it might be even sooner than that, that they'll re-pick up on the the Seth and Roman feud. I just, I don't envision... I think it'll be different than what we saw most recently. I think it'll take a very different form. Um, I uh, I think by that point, by the next time they try and do this... One of them will firmly be a face. Um, and one of them will firmly be a heel. I could not tell you which one. Because they both are such flippy floppy little motherfuckers. And I actually, that does remind me. One of them stupid motherfuckers at cage side seats. Which I got nothing good to say about none of them. Except for one of their writers. But, um. <laughs> uh, they wrote this article right before the rumble. And they were like. Who's, they were like, it doesn't, this doesn't make sense. Because one week, you know, Seth is talking and you feel sympathy for him. And, because, you know, you got the Usos uh, making things more biased towards Roman and all that. And then they uh, talked about how, like, Seth was bringing up John and doing all these things to hurt Roman, so you were supposed to sympathize with Roman. They were like, it doesn't make any sense why they keep switching between who you're supposed to sympathize with. And I'm like, you're supposed to sympathize with both of them, you dumb motherfucker. Uh, okay. Like, sorry. <laughs> except like, you were supposed- Sorry, just real quick. Except you were supposed to sympathize with Roman more, because Seth is always the worst person in this situation, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. I- I'm so glad I didn't see that, because this feud was like- I don't- Okay, I'll say this. If, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you would know, like, I don't really get genuinely bothered by a lot of things as far as, like, storylines go and things like that. But this was a pretty important storyline for me, just because it's something that I wanted for a very long time. And I was going through a lot during the time that this started. Um, and so that was really helpful for me mentally. And so, of course, I got very attached to it. Um, and so I literally, the first day of the feud, I went through and, like, muted anybody who I was following or even not following that I thought might ruin this feud for me in any capacity. Well, I bet I was the first on that motherfucking list. Probably. (laughs) No, but, like, I I, I did do that, and it it helped. It definitely worked, so I didn't... I didn't see a lot of, like, stuff like that, and I'm glad I didn't, because I would have been like, oh, God, you guys are being so stupid. Uh, but, like... I was I was being act... I was, like... I wasn't being actively antagonistic towards you. I was being actively antagonistic. Not in the sense of, like, going and finding people's tweets and, like, being up in their mentions and shit. But, like, I was being openly antagonistic about Seth at one point. Because I was like... I don't... See, that I don't mind. Because I, too, like to antagonize Seth when the time comes. But, like, it's the people who are like... 
they're like people the people who say stuff like that like this doesn't make any sense it's like no it makes perfect sense you just don't right. have the capacity to look any deeper into the story and understand what the story is they're trying to tell they're both heels you know so of course you're not going to sympathize made it interesting. yeah right so of course you're not going to sympathize with one of them over the other at any given t- like the whole time it's supposed to make you go back and forth and it's also supposed to show you that there's nuance in their relationship and how they interact with each other in the end like it Seth you want to sympathize with him in the beginning because it's like okay Roman's this gigantic asshole he's bossy he's saying he's trying to big himself up to be like he's above the shield he's above Seth and and from what I gathered from the story and if you've gathered something different that's completely fine but what I interpreted Roman's character as was he was just saying those things to put up a front and to protect himself from the things that he knew Seth would do and say. That's why he went for the low blow of like, oh, your wife is more famous than you and all these things and why Seth immediately went straight for the shield stuff and why Roman had to immediately go, oh, I'm above the shield. You know, that's beneath me. But I don't think Roman, like, in character ever really meant that. I think he was just saying that to protect himself because the minute Seth crossed that line with him, like, he got super emotional about it and then immediately start sympathizing with Roman because I think, like Seth always says, there's always people who would never forgive him for turning on the shield. And so the minute he brought that up, I think it takes all of us, but mainly Roman as a character, back to that moment of Seth turning on the shield. And of course we're going to sympathize with Roman because we all felt that at the same time. Like, holy shit, I can't believe he just did this. So... To, to, for me to not go down and explain the entire story to everyone in detail, completely not necessary. But Excuse me. Sorry. I, There's I, also a lot of burping <laughs> going on just because, like I said, my dinner was largely just spinach and broccoli. So, like... Love that for you. <laughs> my poor stomach. But, yeah, like, I, lo- I loved the ending of the match. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was brilliant. And I thought it was necessary, especially for Roman as a character, which is why I was saying that this storyline needed to happen in the exact time period that it's happening right now, or that it happened in, I guess, is because it helps push Roman's character forward and develop a little better and see another side of him, which I think we got, um, so that he can move on to beating Brock and beating whomever else and coming back around to facing Jay or even facing Dean in the future, if that could ever happen. you know and i i would like to see all those things like i said i'm not one of those people who's like oh we don't need to see brock versus roman again because i think they're great facing each other i love watching them wrestle and so i'll I'll enjoy that match i know i will but i also have my opinions on seth being in the match but i also again like i said if he isn't it's not the end of the world um just as long as they do i i am feeling like they might pick up on the Seth and Roman after Mania, especially if Roman wins both titles, because unless they plan on unifying the titles or ending the brand split, they got to get one of the titles back on Raw somehow. So I'm thinking perhaps Seth or, you know, at least that'll be the way of getting Roman to actually show up on Raw. But that's kind of all my thoughts on that match. Um, Let me just say, sorry, just real quick. That just reminded me because... I don't know, hey, spoiler alert, Brock won the WWE title back again at the Elimination Chamber, in case y'all didn't know. Uh, And then they announced it was going to be winner takes all at WrestleMania. I don't care, that's fine, that's whatever, as long as they don't unify the titles, I don't give a shit. Um, Same, I'm in the same boat. 
Because, like, I actually don't mind when they don't have a brand split, but everyone else will bitch so incessantly that I don't want to deal with it. Um, but they announced it was going to be winner takes all. And that's cool. I think everybody knows that there is, let's say, like, a 60-40 split on who's going to win. 60% is Roman. Because I do think this is probably one of Brock's last hurrahs. I think he's... Shut the fuck up, stupid-ass fucking phone. Who the fuck's messaging me? Oh, that's my aunt. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, she just messaged me. I cleaned her house today when I went over there to get my phone case, and she was thanking me for it. Anyway. Um, but I have such an intense, deep concern. If Roman wins... And I do believe Roman will win. I will be shocked if they end his historic title reign giving both belts to Brock. It's not impossible. It's definitely not. Motherfucker, shut the fuck up. I'm trying to do something. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> message me later, god damn it. Because uh, I am just like... But, like, it makes more sense to have his historic title reign continue having two belts. Which would be kind of cool. That would be kind of a big deal for him. But I am so concerned that when it comes time for him to lose a title, that they're going to Christian and Kenny it. And I'm just like, I... I so badly need for that to not happen. Because I doubt many of our listeners are Impact slash AEW fans. Especially the latter, because we have said so many bad things about that show. Um, but, uh, last year, when Kenny was doing his belt collector thing, he had the Impact AAA, maybe? And AEW World Titles. And the best way to do what AEW needed would have been for him to lose the AEW title to Hangman Page first. I have not seen anyone disagree with this. I mean, I'm sure people do. I have not come across anyone who thinks otherwise. Because the AEW title was obviously presented as the most prestigious title. Instead, he went and lost the Impact title to Christian, of all people, because of, like, a low-blow shenanigans moment. And I'm just like... I'm so okay with Roman. And then, you know, Kenny lost the AEW title to Hangman, but it didn't mean anything. And then he vacated the AAA title because he's got 17 fucking injuries right now. Shout out to Tyson. Hope you're feeling good, bud. Um, but I am just like, I'm so cool with Roman having both titles, but I need for them to not do that shit. I need, if he's going to have both titles, then... He needs to lose the Universal title first. Under no circumstances should he lose the WWE title first. Um, he needs to lose the Universal title. It needs to be to Jey Uso. I will not let that go. The only exception that I think I would be okay with is the Money in the Bank winner. Picking one. But I am also concerned about the Money in the Bank winner. <laughs> Because <laughs> if Roman wins both titles, then obviously the next paper, well, maybe the, the next pay-per-view, but the pay-per-view after that is going to be the Money in the Bank show, right? 
Because I think the one right after is WrestleMania Backlash or what the fuck ever. Um, because I'm just like, out of their current roster, who would win that? You know what I mean? Because they have just thrown the money in the bank cases at just who the fuck ever in the past couple years. And I'm just like, I can't... I, I just... I'm so nervous <laughs> about it and about how that will go. Because I don't want Roman's title reign to end up fucked up. And... There is a part of me that's just a little bit concerned that they're going to find a way to give the case to Seth. In which case, I will stop watching WWE. <laughs> like, I will stop watching their main shows. I will just become an NXT watcher because, holy shit, that would be awful. Join the crowd. <laughs> Some of us are already there. I'm missing NXT right now, actually. Oh, shit, that is tonight. I saw Braun Breaker in his denim vest. I was wondering. I was like, oh, yeah, it's Tuesday. I can't keep track of the days anymore. What else happened at Royal Rumble? There was a um, women's title match. Yeah, like we, if you, I, I don't know, we did the Royal Rumble preview, right? So if you wa if you listen to that. Because um, we were I, so excited. Yeah, I think we both, <laughs> <laughs> right? But we both kind <laughs> we of said, wrong. we both kind of said that we expected Becky versus Dewdrop to be fine, like, yeah. Uh, a, a decent match, but not anything spectacular, and that's mm -hmm. pretty much what it was. I can't tell you a single memorable spot that occurred, but I definitely wouldn't say it was a bad match by any means. You just kind of, if it that's was your, just if a that, match. yeah, it was a match. If that's your dealer, then you gotta go watch it. Um, I would, I honestly can't even remember half the card right now. I think The Miz and Maurice faced Edge and Beth Phoenix. That match was pretty fun. I liked that Maurice got some um, fun spots in there. Uh, she got the Hurricane Rana um, and all that. Uh, I think she did Hurricane Rana on mid on Edge. Yeah, I might be wrong, but no, that's right. um, that was pretty cool. Um, shout out to Maurice's titties too. Yeah, shout out to those. They've just been looking real good lately. I honestly cannot remember what else matches were on the card, so I'll just talk about the Rumble matches. I guess I. Personally, I think like one other, but honestly, I'll say this: how I feel about the rumble matches is I did not enjoy the matches themselves. Um, oh wait, I... was that when Brock and Bobby happened too? Oh yeah, Brock and Bobby. I, I like... loved Brock and Bobby. <laughs> it, it was everything I expected it to be—just two giant dudes throwing themselves at each other, which is always fun. <laughs> um, Roman, the Roman interference—I'm not gonna lie—I did not necessarily expect. I don't know why I didn't expect it, but I didn't. Um, and so that was cool. Bobby got the title back there. Roman got Paul Heyman back because we know, you know, he loves him some Paul Heyman. Um, and obviously, so that sets up Brock and Roman for Brock to eventually uh, be number 30 in the Royal Rumble, which we kind of all expected um, since he lost the title. Uh, Brock won the Royal Rumble. A lot of people were very upset about that. Personally, I wasn't really upset about it because honestly i could not think of anybody else in the match besides biggie who could have won um i also want to say so it was what it was and ronda winning whatever i don't really care i want to say uh the only reason that i'm really not i don't want to say i'm okay with but i don't care 
excuse me, that Brock won the Rumble is because, uh, much like Edge, when he won, there had been more than ten years between wins. And my whole thing is, like, I hate when people win it within five years. Like, I hate when someone wins twice within five years. Fuck you, Stone Cold, in particular. Uh, for winning it three times. Like, I don't mind if people... Uh, or if they can come up with a compelling reason why someone can should win more than once. But they don't ever do that. Um, so I don't mind that Brock won again. He would not have been my first choice. But it's whatever, you know. Yeah, it's, that's kind of how I feel. I'm like, it is what it is. Um, the Ronda winning was a little bit more upsetting for me, but my main, my main gripe with the Women's Royal Rumble isn't even Ronda winning, it's just the way that the match was booked, it just, a lot of it didn't make sense, a lot of it felt very, like, it just, it just was not very well put together, that's, as far as matches go, like, you know. Largely what I've heard is that, that there was just a production problem that was happening and it just could not get figured out. Yeah, it just seemed like, like, first of all, they bigged up all these, like, oh my god, these people are gonna be in the Rumble, and then, like, almost all of them got, like, eliminated immediately, which, you know, was very, for me, I felt like, as WWE, I would have basked in that a little bit more, especially with somebody like Ronda winning, because you know that's going to polarize the audience. Yeah. People are either going to be super stoked about that, or people are going to be very upset about that. And so I think at the very least they could have done to appease the people who are going to be upset is, like, give people, like, Melina right, their there was moment. Melina, there was Mickey. The Bella Twins. Cameron. Um... Cameron, I was, I was, Cameron, Summer Rae, Summer, I was satisfied because Summer Rae and Natty got their moment with each other, which was all I wanted, (laughs) but like, you know, and then I understood, I didn't like that Cameron got eliminated as fast as she did, but I understood the, like, the, why they... I understood the way that they were doing it, because they're still trying to tell the story between Sonya and Naomi, so... It, that made sense, but it was just like other, just some of the other things that just did not make very much sense as far as the women's rumble went. A lot of people were very upset that Sasha got eliminated early on, but personally, I was like, I would have been more upset if she made it to the final four and then Ronda won, so I'm just kind of glad she got eliminated early on, but that's just me. Um, uh, but yeah, like, that's kind of really it. It's just the match was kind of very poorly put together. Yeah. That's, more again, than... that's mostly what I've heard, is that it just was fucked up, just the way it was actually executed. I wasn't super shocked that Ronda came back. I didn't care. Like, if, like I should care more, but I was just like, they're trying to get their money matches with her. You know? They're trying to get their one-on-one her versus charlotte at one point they're gonna try and get the one-on-one like her versus becky is there a train passing by your house what the fuck is that yeah i live by <laughs> i live across the street from a train track <laughs> that was so I loud know. this is a funny thing but like every house i've ever lived in has been by train by train tracks. I have no huh. idea why, but like every house I've ever lived in, except for like my childhood home, like my grandma's house is not by a train, but every house I've ever lived in otherwise has been by a train for some reason. I mean, uh, I don't know your family's financial situation, but how, uh, housing near, uh, major highways 
uh, train routes and airports are generally some of the least expensive uh, housing that you can find because people don't want to live near all the noise and all the traffic. Yeah, he used to live down the street from the airport, too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's also that's also usually where rent is the cheapest, because mm-hmm. people are like, I don't want to live near a fucking train and all that. Um, we actually live not too far from the airport. I think that's one of the reasons why our house was as affordable as it was, because it's, uh, you get, this is, we're right where the planes start to, like, start flying, lo- starting to fly lower on their descent. And we also live not that far away from uh, train tracks. Uh, so we kind of get the, the double hit. Um, but yeah, that's a... If you consistently live in places like that, there's a solid chance that it has to do with the housing prices in that area. Of course, I don't know. Maybe North your state is fucking weird and they're like, Ooh, everybody wants to live near here. It's always possible, too. I guess I need to save this. Fuck. Clean Feet is always telling me to say, sorry, we're we're supposed to be talking about pay-per-views and yeah. about whatever. <laughs> Clean Feet um, is always telling me to save every 20 minutes. And I'm like, bitch, I'll say what I fucking want to. Um, anyway, yeah. That's yeah, pretty like, much the rumble. I, <laughs> yeah. Before we, before we move on, I wasn't surprised. At, I was saying the whole week, because everybody was like, oh my god, there are all these leaks, all these leaks. And I was like, that sounds like WWE's leaking stuff on purpose to distract from another bigger story that they don't yeah. want us to know about. And as it turns out, it was Ronda. So, like, yeah. I, I kind of I called it. I wasn't entirely sure that it was Ronda, but I'd heard a lot of inklings about her. The one Ronda stand that I follow, he was pretty adamant that it wasn't her. And so I was like, okay, I think I'm going to follow his lead. And then it was her. And I was like, huh, okay. But I knew it was something because all those leaks were very weird. But, yeah, moving on. We can talk about Elimination Chamber, which I did not watch. Which you should if you get a chance because... I meant to. (laughs) So, it wasn't perfect. There was some stupid shit that happened. First off, it started with Bill and Roman. And I don't know why this match was as short as it was. Come on. Come on. You don't know why why the match was short? (laughs) Okay, let me rephrase. Match shouldn't have been as short as it was. Because that was stupid. (laughs) I, uh... But it was... I mean, they got their little, you know... Goldberg does his surprise spear on Roman. Uh, Roman gets a couple of moments. Bill gets a couple of moments. It was just a couple of big spots, and then bam, guillotine, match is over. Uh, it was watchable for what it was. I mean, it wasn't except. I mean, it wasn't as. I think I will say, I do think if this match had taken place in the states, they would have been able to do more. Um, because Jet Lag, the one thing I will say that permeated the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, and part of what made it so fun, was that you could kind of tell that everybody not named Bianca Belair or Seth Rollins was jet-lagged all shit. So everyone worked so stiff. Everyone was beating the shit out of each other. From the like, clips that I did see, that seems accurate. I saw a couple clips from the women's <laughs> chamber and the men's chamber, and I was like, yeah. oh, God, they're really, like, giving it to each other. No, I mean, in the, the women's tag team match, I they were trying to fucking break each other. It was nasty. Everybody was beat, like, just beaten ass. And it was 
awesome. I was like, this is the best pay-per-view ever. I love I love wrestling like that. I'm sorry. I hate when people are like, oh, they're working stiff or like they're they're being dangerous. I'm like, no, stiff wrestling like, yes, is better. Yes, bitch, violence. They look like they're actually fighting each other. It doesn't look like they're dancing. Like, it's it's great. But yeah. Because um, wrestling should look like a struggle. Sorry it should to be quote a struggle. Jim Cornette, but it should. But yeah, no, no, no. It was, that part of the pay-per-view just consistently was awesome. Because even in Bill and Roman's match, it was stiff. Like, it was rough. And I'm all for that. Because I'm like, if I'm going to have to sit here and watch this match, I want Bill and Roman beating the fuck out of each other. You know what I mean? Like, they're both big-ass former football players. Let them beat each other's ass. I will say afterwards, because evidently... This was likely Bill's last match on his current contract. And so, obviously, the jokes about him being all elite were coming out. Um, Oh, I didn't see that. And I'm just like, listen, it will not happen. AEW will not sign Bill Goldberg. If they do, I will break my favorite coffee mug and do a shot of Everclear just straight up. Like, I... Pinky swear to all of you. I will record it. <laughs> doing a shot at Everclear. Um, but I was just like, if that just so happened to happen, by some off chance, no one can ever be mad when I call AEW new WCW. Ever again. You do not get to have Sting and Goldberg, and not get called new WCW. And Tony Chavone. Chavone. Chavon. How the fuck you say his last name? <laughs> but you do not get to have eight, like, WCW's biggest names and then be like, no, we're totally not in that exact same space that they were in. We're not just the Southern Wrestling Promotion. Take place in fucking Florida. You are the fucking Southern Wrestling Promotion. Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, Bill Go- Bill and Roman, it was fun. It was a stupid little match they were going to have. I'm happy they finally did it. Like I said, um, I wanted more. I was okay with it not being as much. Um, obviously, I didn't watch the match, but my guess would be as to why it maybe wasn't as long as... One, I think Goldberg just in general works better is in not long matches. The longer Goldberg wrestles in a match... The worse it gets. Oh no, um, I I agree. Uh, I don't even, like him. even his match with Dolph Ziggler was perfect. Right, like it's that like that's all Goldberg ever needs to be, it, yeah. unless he's you know even when he's in the ring with somebody like Roman, it just or even like with Bach, it just needs to be like big move, big move, big move, done. Like I, it just does not need to be very much more than yeah. that. And then you know, um, I also not to speculate. But I know that Roman has said in the past that he didn't really care to wrestle Goldberg. Like, I mean, obviously, we know Roman's a worker. If Vince says, hey, this is your match, then he's going to wrestle the match, obviously. But, you know, I know that he, Goldberg was not at the top of a list of people that he was looking forward to wrestling. So I can imagine when they're sitting down and calling this match and booking the match, he's probably just like... You know, especially given Goldberg's track record, I try not to say that anybody is quote-unquote dangerous in the ring, but Goldberg hurts himself or someone else in every match he's had in the past, like, five years, so, you know, it's kind of hard to not say that about him. Um, 
I do appreciate but, that he didn't that they didn't make him tap. I did appreciate that. I was like, that's yeah, a good way to go out. That's always a good tool. So I, I would say that would be my assumption as to why this match wasn't super long. Um, I, I did plan on watching it, but again, Peacock just did not want to work for me this day. They were like, you are not watching this pay-per-view. It, like, I caught literally the end when Roman was walking up the ramp, and then my stream, my stream stopped working immediately after that again. Um... <laughs> I think the match that happened after that was... The Women's Chamber. Was... It was... I thought that happened after the Women's Tag Match. It might have been the Women's Tag Match. Oh, which I we'll also talk about the Women's Tag Match next. Because the Women's Tag Match was very good. The stipulation, I think, was announced too late. And it wasn't, like, hyped up enough for me to really give a shit about it. Who's messaging me on Discord? Oh. Friend had a dream where they slow danced and made out with Walter, so that's fun. Love that for them. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, the women's tag match, this was one of the ones where they were stiff as a fucking board, and it was awesome. You could also not, there was also no visible jet lag for Naomi. Everyone who was, like, an elite athlete, other than Roman, because Roman did look a little jet lagged, but I don't from what I have seen of his overseas wrestling, he does not handle the travel all that great when it involves long travel. Um, shout out to that god-awful Australian show. That was terrible. Um, but, yeah, Naomi looked, I mean, like a star in this match because she looks like a star in every fucking match that she's in. She was phenomenal. Uh... Rhonda, so, <laughs> so, I have never had a good thing to say about Ronda Rousey, and that changes today, because her wrestling, now that she got a chance to actually do some wrestling, unlike the dark match that I saw with her, where it was literally just like two seconds, um, but, uh, in this match, she actually did wrestle, and I do think she has improved a little bit, not a lot, but I do think that a couple of things have gotten better. Not her striking, that still looks absolutely nightmarish. Um, as we all saw, we've all seen the, the gif from the Royal Rumble. We all know what I'm talking about. Mm, uh, yeah. So she needs to have somebody teach her how to do that better. I don't know who, but somebody. Uh, but the main thing I had to say that was nice about her was, uh, for once, I really, really liked how she looked. I, something about not having the makeup on, not having her hair braided, not wearing the stupid, like, pseudo MMA gear, and in the gi instead, I was like, this is the look for her. This is what I think she needs to wrestle in. I know she won't. She's gonna go back to her regular shit, but part of it's like because I was talking to my dad about this because he also agreed that she looked better in the gi. Um, is like when they do her hair up like they usually do, when they do her makeup all dark and heavy and shit, when she wears her like pseudo MMA gear or whatever the fuck she was wearing at the Rumble, that was also just bad. Um, but when they're doing all that, they're trying to make her look like a badass. You know what I mean? 
And she just doesn't have the face of a badass. So it just doesn't really click. And it's frustrating because as we saw at Elimination Chamber, she can look super fucking cool if you just keep that shit simple. Because she just looked... Something about her... She genuinely looked tougher. Yeah. I agree. In the gi with the no... With the no makeup, with the hair loose, especially when her hair got loose from the ponytail it was in. Because, to me, she looked like a martial arts student. You know what I mean? And that was cool. Like, that, like, it gave her something that was interesting. Instead of just what she usually looks like. So, I wish she would keep that. I don't think she will. Because, um, also, I will say, I will say this. I do think Ronda Rousey, without the heavy makeup is a pretty lady. Um, I think just, she's a conventionally attractive, pretty lady. And I think it would be nice if they would focus, if they would, like, not focus, but, um, try and skew towards what is flattering to her. You know what I mean? Not that that's what matters, but just, like, when I look at her, because when I see the dark, heavy makeup and the braided hair, I'm like, she just kind of looks... Like someone who's trying to be tough and who's trying to do something that gives them character and visual interest when that's not really what you need here. But either way, look at that. I had something nice to say about Ronda Rousey. I had had a couple of nice things to say about Ronda Rousey, even. I was going to say the same thing because ironically enough, I said, oh my God, I said the same thing um, about her, her gear and her look. Um, when I first saw it, like, in clips and stuff, I was like, what the fuck is this bitch wearing? Because I'll admit, you know, I'm a little bit, like, more of, like, a, when it comes to, like, gear and, and makeup and fashion, and especially as, like, I'm creating my own wrestling character for my career, you know, those are very important things to me, especially, like, will, uh, will be important to my character, but I think that's the interesting and fun thing about wrestling is something that would be important to my character doesn't necessarily mean it is important to another person's character. And I think that kind of was a moment of clarity for me with Rhonda because I saw a picture of it yesterday and I like looked closer at the picture and I was like, actually, no, like this is cool and like way better for her, especially like I think the no makeup, the, the, is it pronounced gi? Gi, yes. The gi, I'm either or on that i liked her old gear style but also if she keeps the gi i think that's pretty cool too but i think the the no makeup was way better step for her because i like the old makeup looks were just not it like i'm sorry it just was not giving and like you know like you said sometimes it's better to keep it simple and i think when your character is like oh i'm a legit badass then you should be keeping everything as simple as possible you know the big dramatic makeup looks are just not super necessary and i think it's cool that she just showed up looking like she was legit ready for a fight um the stipulation i I, well i'll say this um my friend uh was kind of keeping me updated during the pay-per-view since i couldn't watch and she had told me she was like you know ronda looks a lot better in the ring right now and i was like that's super great news i obviously especially going to wrestlemania i would like for her and charlotte to have a great match um so if she's moving better, that's good news. And what was the other thing I was gonna say before I interrupted myself? 
Oh, the stipulation. Yeah. I thought it was unnecessary. Or at least they didn't explain. Maybe it's because I didn't watch SmackDown. But, like, I didn't understand the purpose of it. I feel like that was an example of WWE, like, overdoing it with Ronda in terms of, like, you do not have to do all this extra shit to make her look cool or to make her look, like, like legit or make her look badass. She can just, like, do her thing. Again, like, less is more. She doesn't need to have her arm tied around her back to... She's in the ring with another mixed martial artist, Charlotte Flair, who's supposed to be, like, the, you know, bad, like, the best woman in all of WWE history, and then Naomi, who's, like, a 12-year veteran. Uh, why does she need to have her arm tied behind her back? It just didn't... It just didn't... I didn't see how it fit into the storyline, especially with it being a tag match. But I digress. I feel like if you were going to do that stipulation, do that against, like, no shade, but, like, do that against Dana Brooke. Do that against Alexa Bliss. You know, someone she actually has some kind of an advantage over. Um, but, yeah, that that's my only thoughts, considering I didn't see the match. I did see some clips of Naomi, though. She's amazing. I love her. And yeah. I love their gear. Naomi almost got her face fucking busted on the turnbuckle, and it was Ooh, awesome. Something else I wanted to say, just from what I was told, um, someone was like, because, you know, Charlotte selling is always, like, a point of contention for people, and someone was like, why is she selling so hard for everyone but Ronda <laughs> in that particular match? I haven't seen it myself. To be I was fair, like, Ronda did not sell for her either. So. I feel like, I don't know, I don't know if there might be some, like, because I know last time when it was her, Becky, and Charlotte, there were a lot of, like, alleged real tensions between the three of them, so I don't know if they're, if they're, if that's, yeah, like, tensions a real... all three of them women, too. Shit. I mean, you got three big egos, of course something like that's gonna happen. If it did, I, I don't know, obviously, but, you know, if, if that is, if that's the case, then maybe that's why, but I always say that about Charlotte. I'm like... Charlotte, it's not that Charlotte can't sell. And I'm not saying this is a good thing. It's not that Charlotte can't sell. It's that Charlotte just sells for who she likes and respects the most. She always sells for uh, for Asuka. She always sells for Naomi. She always sells for Sasha. She always sells for Bianca. Um, and she sells for the people that she likes. So, you know, I know that's not a great thing, but what are you going to do about it? Yeah, I mean, it's... I'm also not gonna sit here and judge Charlotte for how she decides to do shit. Whatever, she's yeah. a professional. She knows. My thing is, if you she want Charlotte, if you're that upset about Charlotte she not does. selling for you, shoot on her. It's what <laughs> like, I did. <laughs> exactly, and that's, and that's I'm, like. And listen, I'm not saying wrestlers need to go off script and shoot on each other all the time. I will say. That was the most fun I have ever seen an audience have. So many people were invested in that. They were like, oh, they're really like beating the shit that out of each other. Because I, yeah. I told this story before. I went to that SmackDown. Not SmackDown. I went to that Raw. That happened in Oklahoma City. I got. I was actually fairly close to the ring. It was the one where a couple of kids hopped the barricade to get to the floor seats. More power to them. But there had been a little bit of a lull that uh that night until that match started and until everyone you could feel the energy shift because everyone was like oh what's this because like you could tell that it was turning into something that it was not supposed to be and the audience and oklahoma city has a um we are a heckling audience uh for lack of a better word we are we are hecklers. We like to be involved. We like to be very interactive. 
So when we see something like a shoot going down, we're like, now this is what we're talking about. <laughs> like we were like, you could just, everybody in the audience was like, Oh yes. Now we're watching big women fight. And Oklahomans, we like watching women fight. <laughs> so it was just, everybody was so pumped for it. And so on the occasion that shoot fights do break out, I'm not saying it should be encouraged. I'm just saying it's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> but yeah, like you said, you know, if you've got a problem with it, step up. Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, if, if you listen to our episode about Charlotte, I was like, listen, I really want Charlotte to go to Japan, because guarantee if she doesn't sell for those girls, they're going to shoot on her. And then when she gets back to the States, she'll sell for everybody, probably. <laughs> But anyways, I digress. We can move on. <laughs> yeah, no. Overall, the women's tag match was really fun. Naomi got to show out. Uh, Charlotte wore um, what my dad, I believe, described as Christmas pajamas, but but sexy. Um, fun. Because I guess she was like, well, if I, if I can't show skin, you're going to see everything one way or another. Um, she was, it was all very, uh, I mean, it's, it's not like Charlotte doesn't wear a bodysuit on, and I'm saying this endearingly, I love Charlotte. It's not like she doesn't wear a bodysuit on SmackDown every fucking week anyways. <laughs> so. That woman's fashion. I've said time and time again, whoever is giving these girls these Fashion Nova discount codes needs to get Dude. their ass whooped. She has the same, I'm sorry, I'm like, she has the same stylist as Becky and Seth. And Carmel, like the, her, Becky, Seth, Carmella, and Mandy all have the same stylist. And Does I'm Sasha like, have the same stylist? Because she's been no. wearing some whack shit. No, I think Sasha dresses herself. If she well, doesn't dress herself, fuck, Mercedes. She, I don't know who her stylist is, but I'm like, <laughs> listen, I love you, Charlotte. Why do you have to wear a bodysuit every week? Like, I've actually been liking some of Becky's outfits recently, and even Seth's no. fits have kind of been getting better. No. I'm like, why are you wearing a bodysuit every listen, single week? Okay, listen, Seth gets to do what he wants because he's campy. He gets to, like... He gets to take his little... I'm not... Oh, God! I want to say a slur so bad! <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna use a slur for Seth Rollins. I just feel like you should know that I'm thinking it. He's gonna take his little, you know... You know, the limp wrist moment and run with it. And that's fine. <laughs> that's endearing. It fits with his character. That's cool. I will never compliment anything Becky wears. The time where everyone was saying, like, this is actually, this looks good. She looks like an extra on Euphoria. That's the only reason people liked that Well, show. Euphoria she is my favorite show right now, so you do the math. <laughs> <laughs> you do the math about why I liked that outfit. <laughs> but Charlotte just, like, that stylist has some beef with her. Like, because she's just the... <laughs> Her photo shoots, like, her photo shoot outfits are so cute. I'm like, they're so cute. And then she shows up. I feel like her outfits before she started getting styled were better than the outfits she's wearing now. They the were. The only reason is because, like, she's wearing a bodysuit every week. <laughs> I'm like, such an hey, ass sister. Hey, in all fairness, at Oklahoma City this past uh, month, because I also went to the SmackDown that came through here this month, uh, she wore, like, a two-piece. It was like a... 
a weird skirt and a top, so she wasn't wearing a bodysuit then, and she did look fine as fuck, so at least there was that. But, uh, no. Whoever's styling these bitches needs to get just popped on the mouth or something. Like, and again, just stop, stop with the Fashion Nova. Stop. Stop it, please. Don't give them business. It's a nightmare for all of us. But, uh, yeah, actually, you know, just to branch off that real quick, uh, as we make our <laughs> short pay-per-view review much longer, as it's already been an hour, um, this has actually been something that's been bugging me for a while, because I'm just, every time I see these women come out in these, like, crazy-ass bodysuits with their hair done up and their makeup done up, I'm like, can... Are they not allowed to wear a t-shirt and jeans? Like, is that a rule that someone has... You know, what's interesting, I don't know, I think Excuse it's me. more of... Well, I'll say this. Okay, and like I was saying earlier about, my, about like, with me in wrestling, especially for the character that I'm developing, I think that fashion should be an important part of your character. In a sense that... I saw... I want to say Gentleman Jervis said this, and I know he recently got outed as an asshole, but... I think it's good wrestling advice. He said, your wrestling character and you should not dress the same. Like, your wrestling character should have its own, like, wardrobe or whatever. So if you're, if you're like, for example, Seth, like, face Seth Rollins was a t-shirt and jeans kind of person, but Drip God, Messiah, visionary Seth Rollins, obviously, he wears these insane suits and stuff. Um... I know back in the day, a lot more often, the girls would just wear, like, jeans and in, in their merch. You know, like, Sasha. Usually they just, like, tie the shirt up and make it cute or something. That was way more common, like, well, 2015, what I saw, 2016. It wasn't, but, it wasn't jeans so much as it was those, like, like, not workout leggings, but, like, yeah, like I wear know to dinner to leggings. Yeah, like, some, like, cute leggings or, like, some, like kind of like fitted pants or jeans or just something yeah. like cute bottoms and then they just wear like their merch um that was a thing more like from 2015 to like 2018 19 maybe but i don't know recently it's been more of a thing for the girls to like get dressed up but i i think that that's a good thing i think that you know they should your character should be large and grand and look great and if part of that See, even even if you don't even if i don't think the outfits are always cute i think that that should be a part of your presentation as as a wrestler and i would like to see more male wrestlers doing that too like not necessarily like they need to come out full like bobby lashley three-piece suit every week but like i want to see you put some effort into your wrestling character a little bit in your see, presentation i get that and i'm fine with that but it it when it's every single person, it starts to just get annoying. Like, when I it's think every issue... single woman who's doing this, I'm like, can we can we move past this? Can we I just have like somebody you... dress like a normal human being? Like you said, a lot of them are wearing, like, Fashion Nova. So, it's, if, I think if everybody was a little bit more distinct with their style, that's, it that's, wouldn't be that's as That's what I'm issue. trying to get across. Yeah. It's, it, that would be better. Because, like, when, like you're saying, like, if everybody's doing something, then it's not special anymore. But if everybody was more distinct with, like, yeah. this is how my character would dress. This is how my character would dress. Like, like, for me, I have, my wrestling character does not dress like me. 
I wear like streetwear, cargo pants, big t-shirts, stuff like that. The wrestling character that I'm developing is not me. And I have an entire Pinterest board of like outfits and clothes that my wrestling character would wear. And it's not the clothes that I would wear. You I actually know? have a... Actually, there's always this one screenshot that I may or may not still have on my phone. But I always mean to send it to you because a while... Like, this was like maybe two years ago when we had this conversation so things may have changed but we were talking about like what your wrestling character would like wear what their aesthetic would be and every time i always think of this one screenshot that i don't think i've ever sent you in the like two years that we have been friends <laughs> two three years when did we start talking i don't fucking remember. i want to say like late 2020 maybe yeah, yeah maybe definitely it was probably something like that um because i think 2019 was probably the year of the great McNaya mutual blockage uh, at least on on twitter i don't know about on we have t- problems tumblr with, we have problems with each other on twitter <laughs> i don't think we had problems with each other i think I we was didn't just talk to we didn't talk to each other but you did not like me motherfucker i no, I'll say this. This is probably what happened. If it was 2019, then it was like Seth hate train, and I probably said, and I was just like not having it about anything. So I probably, especially, and it, and it was because I was getting it from Seth fans and non-Seth fans. It was like if I said anything about Seth at all, I was getting attacked from both sides. I got attacked by Seth fans for making fun of his jeans. So I think like you, you probably didn't even say anything that bad, but I was just like, I don't have time for this, and well, I probably just listen, blocked you. Well, listen, here's the funny thing. <laughs> Thing is that you did it on this account too so <laughs> i remember i have always wanted like twitter will not physically let me go all the way back to the start of my tweets on this account but i know there was i know for a fact i retweeted something from you about seth and i made like a, a snarky ass joke and immediately you blocked me and stuff <laughs> like and listen guys she did not unblock me until like christmas eve when we'd been sitting there and talking for like we six were, hours. But in my defense, I didn't know I had you blocked on Twitter. I said something and you were like, you were like, ha ha ha, you had me blocked on Twitter. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, you've had me blocked for like six months, dude. <laughs> I literally did not know. Mind you, I'd been interacting, interacting with him on Tumblr. I'd read like his fix. Like I told him when we first started talking, I was like, dude, I read your fix all the time on AO3. This is so crazy. Which you also <laughs> didn't know that was me. I also and didn't then- know. No, I didn't know. And <laughs> Until I, like, went and looked one day, and I was like, wait a damn minute. <laughs> like, I have one of them, like, bookmarked. I've read it, like, five times. Check me out on, uh, check me out on Archive of Our Own at, the, at A Space Between. I am phenomenal at writing fanfiction, in case y'all didn't know. But yeah, no, 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 no. That was, I don't even remember what I was talking about before that. But no, we do, like, we did, yeah, no, we've had some, some, it's mutual blockage issues, let's call it. <laughs> but but no, uh, the way you phrased it was a more clear way of saying what I was trying to say, and that it just it yeah. feels like it's gotten to the point where everyone is doing the same thing. Yeah. And I will say, while I don't disagree with the thesis of your wrestling character should dress differently than you, I also think that if you can manage to have your own distinct character... Or even if that character is just the form of where it's like you turned up to 11. Yeah. And you can still get over and it's fine. Then I think there is space for that. Because obviously the main example of that would be Dean Ambrose. 
Cause oh, for sure. Dean is just Jonathan Good turned up to 11. And, you know, he actively said he wanted to wrestle in something that he could show up in, wrestle, and then leave. And right. I think, yeah, obviously, yeah. It should go based on your character. Like I said, my character, the, the character that I am coming creating, that is something that is very distinct for my character. You know, and I think for a character like the Queen, that's something that should be important. You should have, like, a pretty spectacular appearance. And I think that with what you're saying, it also does not help that five of the girls on the roster have the exact same stylist. <laughs> you know, That's like, also an issue. Like, I understand <laughs> if you're, like, unsure of what to do getting a stylist, but I think it's becoming clear that their stylist doesn't understand that they are different characters. Right. Because like, I, I think he styles Bobby, too. But, like, Bobby and Seth have two different styles, so it is distinct. They both wear suits, but Bobby's, like, more classic suit, and Seth is obviously outlandish suit. So it works. But with the girls, it's like they're all dressing the exact same with very minor differences. Yeah. And that's how... So- that's how. With, Sorry, go uh, ahead. I've also noticed it with Liv Morgan. A lot of her outfits that she wears outside of her gear lean super heavy towards that kind of fashion and the only reason i kind of give her a pass is because i fully believe that's how she dresses of her own volition like that's the only reason why i kind of give her a pass because i'm like i could see that you just pulled this out of your closet i don't believe that what charlotte or sasha wears are something that like like they believably would wear and it's again if they were in a similar vein but still distinct i wouldn't care that much like i'd say obviously what becky wears is ugly as shit but Um, it's 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 specific to her it is that's her style it's just unique enough i think the fact that it's ugly is actually what helps yeah because you can tell that it's kind of supposed to be ugly because it's supposed to yeah it's it's supposed supposed to be be outlandish yeah it's you're so rich you can get away with wearing this ugly shit right like she's big time so she's gonna wear whatever the hell she wants and like super be super big about it i was gonna say naomi is another example but i think she also has an advantage over the other girls because her whole thing is glow so like whereas the other girls a lot of them are wearing like black red white like all the time every single week naomi's wearing neon yellow like neon yeah. pink neon green so she immediately say, sets herself apart i'll and say has her own like style. Rhea too is in a good spot because she's yeah. just wearing her style turned up to its highest yeah. point and another person that uh shit forgot forgot who was in my head ah who was it Ah, fuck me, who was it? Was it Shotzi? No. No, Shotzi just dresses Shana? like half like half the girls I went to high school with. Um True. Uh it wasn't Shayna. Shayna just wears her gear. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say she doesn't really dress in And anything. if she does and if she is dressed she out does. of gear, she just dresses like a butch, so like She's just like T shirt leather jacket. <laughs> which also I will say for all of the genders of wrestlers that we have, I wouldn't mind if we started playing with that a little bit. Like, let's throw in a little androgyny, guys. Some of you, like... I think Rhea's the closest we have to that, almost. Shayna's the closest we Shana, have to Shayna, too, yeah. Were you gonna Rhea, say Bianca? Rhea does not dress butch, really. She dresses, Not butch, but alt. Like, she dresses alt. 
But yeah. but Shayna definitely dresses in a little bit more of a butch style, which I dig. She looks hot. But no, oh, it was actually Bianca that I was thinking of because yeah. I was gonna say Bianca has an advantage because she just makes her own fucking clothes. <laughs> so, yeah, like she doesn't really. She can just like, wear whatever she. But she also tends to stick with a cut more than anything else. She'll stick with a very specific like. She'll do like a cropped jacket, and then like matching pants. It's usually a matching two piece set. And yeah. so she, like, she still has a style. It's just, it's a little more simple. But you can tell that, like, she is putting thought into it. Right. So this has nothing to do with paper. The, the fashion. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to fashion with Honey and Naya. <laughs> okay. Here Either way. So I think after that. I think no, after Usa that was... The, what the hell? Drew and, Drew and Madcap Moss, right? Yes! I, this is what, I'll say this. This was the only match that I watched because my stream worked for this match only. <laughs> which is ironic because it was the match I did not even know was on the card. Hold on. So. There's a picture that I have to make that I have to send to you. I will do that like while we're talking about this. But, so, I loved this. I loved this match. I loved how it went. Um, I feel bad that Madcap Moss also got it, almost got his neck broke. That was really oh, yeah. sad. Um, but he seems to be fine from what I've heard, so yay for him. Um, someone on cage side seats, the only person who I actually have any like a modicum of respect for on that site, actually wrote up a little thing about this. And they described it as just good professional wrestling. And that is what it was. It wasn't particularly special. It wasn't particularly notable. But it was a good match. It was just a good match between two very solid wrestlers. And it served the purpose that it needed to serve. And more wrestling should be like that. Like, it's just good when you just have this good little mid-card match that's setting up their good little mid-card feud of Baron and Drew for WrestleMania. Um, like I said, it just served the purpose that it needed to serve. It was very athletic. It was very fun. It was two big motherfuck. It was the big meaty men slapping meat kind of match, which is always good. And Baron Corbin did possibly my very favorite thing that Baron Corbin has ever done in this match, where Drew swung the sword at him and he rolled out of the ring and he turns to I think it was actually Jess who was refereeing and he just turns to her and he's just like freaking out and he's like what? because <laughs> he's just like he just tried to kill me wait can I interject can I interject her there about that with Baron as the as the resident Baron stand? Yeah. Um, you know uh, myth myth gifts uh, he, he always or I don't know their gender so I should say they they always may have really good insight on, like, wrestling yeah. moments and their gifts and stuff. And a long time ago, when Baron was in his Constable Corbin um, character, they pointed out something about something like that about Baron Corbin, where they're like, he's one of the few wrestling characters who sometimes kind of breaks the fourth wall in a sense of being like, <laughs> yes. this is kind of insane. Like, it was like one moment where the crowd was chanting 
basically like that he should like they should kill him or something something crazy that yeah. the crowd was chanting for the his opponent to do and he just like stopped and kind of had this moment of like what is wrong with you people yes like even though he's the bad guy he's like have you no moral backbone and so baron is really good at stuff like that of just kind of like having that fourth wall breaking moment of being like this is kind of insane what the hell world are we living in right now Yes, that's actually one of the things I really, really like about Baron Corbin. Because Baron Corbin will never be my, you know, favorite wrestler. Um, But that's one of the things I really, really like about him. Is that he does get to have those moments where... Because I think you don't need a lot of people in wrestling to do that. Because then it stops being funny. But you need... You need the Deadpool. You know what I mean? Like, you need the person who's sitting there, like, just aware of everything. So I do appreciate it. I always appreciate that about Baron Corbin. And that was just one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. I just sat there and laughed at it. Um, so that was, that was definitely, it was just a really fun match. It was just, you know, like I said, it was what it needed to be. It's obviously setting up. Uh, Drew and Baron at WrestleMania. Um, I which... saw a lot of discourse between the Drew fans about okay, that. Okay, I, I, I sent it to you. <laughs> I don't understand the discourse. I mean, hey, y'all could be like Seth fans right now. We don't even know if Seth is having a Mania match at this point. Be happy, because Baron Corbin <laughs> is not that bad of a wrestler. He's actually pretty good. And I think him and, him and Drew will have a great match. He's having a match at WrestleMania with Cody. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why did you even say that to me? I'm so well, why did I just say send you, that. Why did I just send you what I sent you on Discord? And that's horrible too. You <laughs> are horrible. Post that on Twitter. Post it on Twitter. Say it was for me. But no, no. I joke. I just. I j- I would not be shocked if they like. I would actually genuinely. I would prefer if they did like Edge and Cody or something like that. Just because I think it would be a little, I think it would be a little fresher, and I think it would be a little newer, and kind of give them some more room to play with. Like I just, like that's not who I would want to see Cody face first upon coming back. You know what I mean? Like it just wouldn't be like my preference. I don't know what you would get out of a Cody and Seth feud other than, like... Good I think the only, the only <laughs> thing people... No, I mean, yes, but I think the only reason why people want Seth in particular to face Cody is because they feel like Seth will, like, get nasty with him. Like, I feel like they think that Seth will, like, be the person to be like, oh, you left the company you started, and that's really all they want. Yeah, no. Which, I, I get which... it. I feel like, if that's the instance, I feel like I can see, like, KO or Sami Zayn being the person to say that, but... Well, see, that's one of the reasons why I think it would be good with Edge, too, because I think that Edge has so much seniority that he's, like, they can kind of use it as, like, I've seen everything, I've gone through everything, so he just, like, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but I feel like he could make those jabs at Cody, but it would be more dynamic than just having, you know, like, one of Cody's more, like, direct-in-age peers doing so. Um, but that's just me. But yeah, no, I would I would genuinely prefer that Cody face somebody else when he first comes back. If he's coming back, since it's all alleged. Big if. You know, alleged. Um, 
Uh, I just want to get this one over with. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships, it wasn't a match. It was a stupid run out and beat down because they're trying to put that match on SmackDown in a week or two. Which is weird, but which, I, okay. I mean, I guess they want to have a big match for SmackDown, which is cool. That's fine. That's whatever. I was just a little disappointed that they set it up how they did. Um, the only reason I'm happy about it is because, obviously, since I wasn't able to watch the pay-per-view, the match didn't happen, so I was like, okay, fine. But also, because <laughs> I'm genuinely excited about that match. I said when the Viking Raiders got drafted to SmackDown that them versus the Usos is going to be a slapper because they always had good chemistry with the Street Profits. And I feel like the Street Profits are a little similar to the Usos in terms of, like, ring how they work in the ring. So I feel like that will be a pretty great match when it happens. And that's why um, I say when I mean... That's what I mean when I say they're like, they want a big match for a SmackDown. You yeah. Know? Like, that's going to go main event a SmackDown in a week or two. Which, again, I'm fine with. It's cool. Um... So, actually, when I first watched this, I didn't, when I first, because I watched it by myself, and then I watched it again with my parents, I actually skipped the Raw Women's title match the first time, because I was like, I don't want to deal with having to look at Becky, um, because at this point, I am just averse to her, genuinely, I just don't like looking at that woman, but, uh, I watched it with my parents, because I wasn't about to tell them to skip it, my dad was like, <laughs> my dad was like, why is Lita here? Because he doesn't keep up with the weekly show, so he didn't know that it was Lita versus Becky. And I was like, yeah, Dad, that she's challenged for the title. Um, but, I mean, uh, this somehow was genuinely the best match that Becky has had since she came back. And I am not giving her the credit for that. I am entirely giving the credit for that to Lita, because if if nothing else, I, I just want to use this as an opportunity to give endless praise to Amy Dumas and just the match that she managed to pull out after having not wrestled a one-on-one -on -one match in a WWE ring for, you know, however fucking long. It has been a long time since she has had a one-on-one -on -one match. And I am astounded with how good she was. And I mean, she she was obviously good, you know, back when I was a kid first watching her, but it honestly just it feel it felt like the perfect presentation of a veteran wrestler. Um because she was doing all these little things that made you think she just knows more about wrestling than Becky does. And, uh, I mean, on commentary, one of the lines they used was, Lita has forgotten more about wrestling than most people know. And I was like, this is genuinely what it feels like, just watching it. Um, and, I, again, I just was blown away by Lita in this match. She was incredible. She... I mean, I knew she didn't win the match before I watched it, but there were it was like that uh that one Oscar Ember Moon match from a takeover like four or five years ago or whatever. Um where every time I watch it, even though I know how it ends, there's a part of me that's like, Ember Moon's about to win it, you know? 
Like, there were a couple of times when I was watching this match where I really, truly believed that Lita was about to win. And that, to me, is one of the markers of a good match, is that even when you know the ending, you still question it, you know? So you're just sitting there like, you know... It was, I mean, I just, I got nothing, I got nothing bad to say about Lita in this match. Um, that other woman was also in it, and she certainly was a warm body. Um, but it just, I mean, I, I hope, I've seen a couple of people toss around the idea of a, uh, a Lita versus Bailey match for WrestleMania, and I, I am not getting my hopes up for it, but I want that to happen, because... Same. I think that would just be number one. I can imagine Bailey being pretty hyped for that because she seems like the kind of person who grew up super into Lita. Um, but yeah, I I genuinely hope that gets to happen because I think her and Bailey could really do an excellent program together, and I just think that it would be really really cool for Lita to get her her actual last hurrah to be at WrestleMania. Um, and, you know, maybe, you know, she's not challenging for a title or anything there, but still having that big, just last, genuinely, you know, meaningful match, I think uh, Bailey would be a good fit for that. I just think it would be cool. Um, so I've seen that tossed around. Hopefully that happens. Uh, the Women's Chamber match. Boy, this was, this was stupidly good. This was just awesome. I do think uh, the... The overall time was a little short. I kind of wanted it to go on longer, but I, I get it. But just the the actual match was just stupidly good. Like, like I said, a lot of girls working stiff, which I love. Um, and honestly, I will say women work stiffer than dudes. Like, just consistently across the board from what I've seen, no matter where you are, Women work stiffer, and that's awesome, <laughs> and I love that, because I love watching women's wrestling, and I love watching women's wrestling where it kind of looks like they're trying to, like, tear each other's faces off. Um, so this match, I think it started with, with Liv and Nikki, I want to say. Because it was Bianca, Piper, Rhea, and Alexa in the pods. Yeah, so it started with it started with Nikki and uh, and Liv. And I will say, I was a little mad that Nikki got eliminated as fast as she did, but it, it wasn't a big deal because they were setting up the her and Rhea for Raw this past week. Um, or Raw yesterday, I guess I should say. Um, they were pretty clearly setting up for that, so I was like, ah, yeah, it served its purpose. Um... But it was just... Because <laughs> uh, it was just... I mean... Nikki did really good in the match. I will say that. She didn't get to show out as much as I would have liked. The only thing that really shocked me with the women's match was that there wasn't a lot of stuff where, like, jumping off of the pods, there weren't a lot of big spots like that. That actually shocked me because usually they tend to go a little heavy on those, especially with the girls. 
But, you know, then Rhea comes in, Dewdrop comes in, Bianca comes in, uh, or Bianca comes in last, Alexa comes in. Um, Dewdrop did great. I really enjoy Piper Niven. Just, I think she's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, um, I think she's been doing great work lately. And I will say, I didn't, I feel like I didn't see enough hype about her and Bianca's match yesterday. Um, especially when Bianca did the. I think she did the KOD on Piper, and I was like, no, this needs to be her her Goldberg versus Big Show moment. Like, because, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but one of Goldberg's initial moments that shot him into uh, being as big of a star in WCW as he was was when he did the jackhammer uh, to the big show. It was a giant, like, it was a ridiculous moment. Crowd going crazy. And I was like, this is how everyone needs to react to Bianca doing this right now. Um, cause I just, I don't know. I want people to always be, you know, I want Bianca to have those moments. Because I think she's one of the few people we've seen capable of eliciting that reaction in people. Um, but Piper did great in this match. I think she's a pretty good fit for the Elimination Chamber match. And I just, I cannot describe how happy I am that WWE has consistently had a big woman for a while now. Whether it was Jax or Piper. Because um, I just, it gives the women an opportunity to do more. And I really enjoy that. Um... I think she was a good fit for the Elimination Chamber. I think she was a good, like, mid-card heel to have in there. Um, and Rhea and Bianca got their, you know, their big, uh, uh, you know, showdown moment. Uh, which they're, you know, I've seen a lot of people say that that's next year's Mania main event, which I would be fine with. You know, I'm happy with them building up those two as the as, you know, the faces of the women's division is the next, you know, like, Sasha and Charlotte. Um, Liv? I'm, st I'm still not super hype on Liv as a wrestler. Um, but I think she was a good fit for the, the chamber, and I, I would like to continue to see her in chamber matches. Um, this year more so than last year, but last year was weird, so, like... I don't know if that counts. Let's we can all just ignore that. Was that last year's chamber? What? No, it was the it was the one with, with Shayna. Yeah, that yeah, was twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. I don't remember last year at all. I don't. Um, we were talking about this. I think we yeah, were because I was like, when the fuck was Jay in a chamber match? <laughs> we I literally was like the only thing I remember from chamber is Jay sitting in his pod and me staring at him the whole time. I remember. I don't remember anything else that happened. No, because I remember Cesaro doing pull ups on the top of the chamber and everyone talking about his dick. So. Oh, I do remember something from. <laughs> I do remember something from from that one, um, but uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, I think Liv is a really good fit for the chamber matches because she's got that kind of like innocent thing going on. Like she just she seems so young. And there's just that kind of, like, innocence that comes with that, that 
you know, she sells pain really well. Like, she does, like, I'm not saying she always sells a move perfectly, but if she's supposed to be in pain, she's got such a, like, innocent look about her that when she's in pain, you buy it more. Um, so, I thought she did really good. She had a couple of really good spots, like when she did the double knees to, uh, uh, Rhea and Bianca. That was tight. Um... But, uh, I'm not gonna lie, guys. I know this is probably not gonna be the most beloved opinion ever in the world, but, uh, the highlight of this match, for me, was Bianca and Alexa. Um, it did come down to Bianca and Alexa, for those of you who may not have seen it. Um, this was Alexa's first match since coming back, which also, I will not say, they said that she's been not wrestling since September, which does not sound right, because I could have sworn she left at the latest in December. No. Um, but apparently she's been gone for a lot longer. Or at she's least been, been gone since her match with Charlotte. Because I remember they wrestled at the last live event I went to, which was in September. And then their pay-per-view match was not too long after that. Um, and I don't even yeah. remember what pay-per-view that was at. But I want to say Extreme Rules. But yeah, it, uh... I guess it was her first match back since then, which, um, every time she's gone away, she has come back consistently, exceptionally better in the ring. And I know everyone's like, can she move past this character now? And I'm like, no, I want her to get more evil. I want her more fucked up. I want the most evil, terrifying version of Alexa Bliss that we can get. I want her to be the biggest big bad in the women's division. Not in the sense of, like, being the biggest heel. I want her to be the freakiest motherfucker that they can come up with. I want her to be so downright batshit evil that, like, I just, like, what they should have done with Nikki Cross, I want them to do with Alexa. (laughs) Um... Back when Nikki Cross was, you know, in her, like, sanity heel gimmick. Um, I want her just to be just rabid, insane. That's what I want out of Alexa. And I want her to face, in a feud, with a babyface Bianca. That's what I want. I want super babyface Bianca with just the most evil, fucked up version of that little, little, little white girl that we can get. And... Because from what I saw, because I just, I knew in my soul, I was like, when Bianca and Alexa fight in the chamber, it's going to be super fucking good. And it was, because I was right, because I am right about everything. And it was just so good. Like, I was like, I want so much more of this. Because Alexa was, like, Alexa did such a good job. I, I cannot undersell that because she had this moment where she's about to try and do a move on it looks like she's actually about to go for the sister abigail on bianca um and she's she yells don't give up or no she yells give up she's like she wants bianca to just stop because she knows bianca is this powerhouse and honestly me and many other people were convinced that alexa would win this match me and so many other people were convinced. I mean, like, I was kind of like, there was like 10% of me that was like, Bianca's gonna win this match. 
But I mostly, I was convinced. I was, I was too. I was like, yeah, they're not going to let Alexa lose her first match back. Um, but I was, I, and I was rooting for Alexa. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was, my two choices were Alexa or Bianca. So I wasn't disappointed when Bianca won. Um, but I am happy that they had her lose. Because the character, the story she was telling is that she was desperate. And I think that this will feed into that. And I think that this will feed into a future feud between her and Bianca. Which, like I said, is what I want. That's my agenda. Uh, and uh, I just, their chemistry is incredible. I think Bianca does such a good job working with Alexa and her physical abilities if that makes sense I think their physical chemistry matches up really well and uh, also they had what I thought was the most terrifying spot in the match where she's got Alexa up on her shoulders and she slams her on the ropes before slamming her on the chamber and Alexa's back just snaps back on the ropes and she does this like two or three times and every time I'm like, she's actually gonna kill her. Like, I was like, she's actually gonna paralyze her. And it's not in the sense that, like, she's unsafe. Just, like, I can't believe they're letting them do this. Um, but it was just so good. It was a good match. It was, hands down, one of the better uh, women's chamber matches that there's been. Um, I loved it. Thought it was awesome. Like I said, I was really happy that they didn't have Alexa win. I think that's gonna further her story. Um, and hopefully this leads to Bianca beating, uh, Becky at WrestleMania, which is what we should all want. Um, and yeah, that's, that's my thoughts on the Women's Chamber match. I think the only, let me, hold on, let me look. Uh, do, 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 Yeah, and then after that, the Men's Chamber match. Wait, 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 before you move on. Um, I want to talk about Alexa. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> no, I actually have a nice thing to say for once. Um, <laughs> one of the last episodes we did was overrated and underrated, and I think mm. I said in that that Alexa, and I, I this is why I said in the beginning of that episode that I don't like to call people overrated or underrated, really, especially overrated, because you never know how they're going to improve or change. And I said in that episode, Alexa is probably one of those wrestlers that I'm just never gonna like mm -hmm. and not that not that I'm starting to like her but one of my issues with Alexa has always been I just always felt like she was really subpar and like didn't try very hard and um again I heard through the grapevine from people who actually watched this match that she like was really like bumping and I don't I don't know like even before I started training that that was the one thing that is always been important to me from a wrestler like I don't ever like a wrestler that acts like they're scared to bump or act like they're scared to take bumps that's your job and I and I do stand in that at a certain point in Alexa's career definitely felt that way from her because she just did the bare minimum in any match she was ever in but I've heard I heard that she was really going for it in this match and that's what I want to see from Alexa and I think if she keeps that up I will I can see myself being more excited about the prospect of her facing certain people and like actually wanting to see people wrestle her um her and Bianca had really good chemistry. One of the first times I could say I, like, remember enjoying Alexa at all 
was in the 2020 Royal Rumble where she and Bianca were number one and two. They had a lot of very great well-timed spots in that match, and I think that they I mean, have good chemistry um, from there. Saw that they had good chemistry from there. And so I'm I'm pretty interested in the idea of Bianca versus Alexa. I still don't love this character, but, you know, I, I think it would be an interesting character for Bianca because it'll be something... Like, me and you have talked about her feud with Nikki Cross before. Yeah. I think one of the things that made that feud so fun and interesting is that Nikki Cross is a very different kind of character mm-hmm. than anything, anything anybody else was doing in NXT at the time. And so I think that's kind of the interesting thing about Alexa's character, especially in a relation to Bianca, is that... That's a different kind of character for Bianca to face. We know Bianca's the biggest, toughest, strongest, etc., and that she can out athlete everyone else. But how do you, Excuse how me. do you overcome someone like Alexa? I think that would be an interesting I could, story. I can just, I can just see it in my head. Alexa doing a promo where she's like the scariest, the deadliest, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Like trying to like make give a horror spin on what Bianca usually says. And then, but another Alexa. Reason- Sorry, I was just going to say, and with that too, Alexa being like, oh my goodness. Sorry, (laughs) hold on. Give me one second. I'm going to pause this. Okay. Okay. Sorry about that, everyone. (laughs) I just, I got a phone call about a a doctor's appointment tomorrow and it's nine o'clock at night where I am. So I was just very confused. Um... Either way, we were talking, you were saying something. I was, okay, yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, with Alexa being like the, in my opinion, like third best promo in the women's division i would i'm excited at the idea of her and bianca going at it on the mic because i think that bianca is the best promo in the women's division so yeah it's there's a lot two. of stuff i don't know i think becky and alexa are tied for number two in my opinion well because you, you just said alexa was the third I would yeah know. so I'll, I'll say she's number two next to becky i don't really i don't really listen to them speak enough because i don't like them so i don't listen to them speak enough to like really really be i'm just shocked it. because becky for me is like easily bottom of the barrel i think uh, becky is good at talking i think she just has some really irritating mannerisms like the i think the, her- the jaw thing she does irritates me, and then the stuttering, and I'm, like, not that I have an issue with the stuttering thing, but, like, just the way that she does it, it seems very intentional. I, that sounded really horrible, what I just said. Disregard <laughs> it. Don't worry. <laughs> I, hate her, I hate her stutter. No, like, no. Not, as, like, as someone with in a, that way. As someone with a lifelong speech impediment, uh, you get my card for saying that so i know my point is i don't think she has a speech impediment i think that it's like a a a i think it's a person a purposeful thing she does yeah and i don't it's irritating no i will not (laughs) if i end up sitting here talking about all the shit that i hate about becky lynch's promos we're gonna be here for another 90 (laughs) minutes um i i would say uh I mean, I I'd put Alexa at number two. Honestly, it's Bianca, Alexa, Naomi, Charlotte, and Sasha, and Bailey. Bailey's up there with Naomi. I'll be fair. I'll I, be I fair would put Bailey. Bailey. Actually, you know what? I'll say Alexa and Becky are tied for number three, and then Bailey would be my number two. I kind of forgot yeah. about her. She's it's been a while. I miss her. But I like Naomi's promos personally, so I'm I'm sticking her. But I also I, like Sasha's promos. I love I like Naomi's Charlotte's promos. Thing. They just barely let her like really really talk, so it's kind of I don't know. I just well I also count stuff like more like segments 
So I just I like when she gets to talk. Um, oh, Dolph Ziggler's here. <laughs> for oh yeah, he's got a match with uh, Tommaso tonight. Um, oh, because he's gonna be facing Dolph. I think is supposed to face Braun again, maybe soon. I don't know oh, if they okay. confirmed that yet, but either way, he's facing Tommaso tonight. And Tommaso was on Raw last night, which was awesome, and I'm so proud of him. Um, and, but yeah, no, uh, on topic again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I don't know if you want to move on. I also want to see Alexa versus Rhea. Similar reasons to Bianca, but I think they'll have a good match. I would like to see that in a shorter program. Um, but. One of the reasons I want Alexa and Bianca is just because, like, I know that the promos will be good. Mm -hmm. And, excuse me. And I just, I just, there's so much to look forward to in that feud. Um, just with who the two of them are. And one of the things that you mentioned was that, uh, she had really good spots with Bianca in the 2020 Royal Rumble. And how she's, she's taking more bumps now. And... I do, and that was one of the things I meant when I said that when she comes back, she comes back better. Um, because every time she's come back, she's come back working differently. And that has continued now. So I just appreciate that. Um, uh, yeah, last match on the card was the men's chamber match. <laughs> what a fucking ride that was. Um, just, I mean, I, again, I did appreciate that Seth seemed to be one of the few people who didn't seem affected by the jet lag. Um, he was just kind of running around doing his Seth Rollins thing. Um, his gear was not cute and I was disappointed. Um, that was his dirty Diana gear that he told us he was going to wear at Rumble and then he wore his shield gear, that rat. Well, <laughs> I wish this had been cuter. But, um, it, uh, but he, he did great. Uh, my mom, actually, when we watched it, she was like, well, Seth Rollins is earning this. <laughs> because oh, up until, because really up until Brock, uh, escaped his cage, um, Seth really was kind of carrying the match. Like, he was just working overtime with Austin and with Matt and AJ. I was like, who else was in this match? <laughs> AJ was such a non-factor. I was really surprised. Even though, like, what he did do was really good. Because, like, of course it is. It's AJ Styles. It's gonna be pretty good. Um, but, like, um, I will say I did enjoy... I kind like, oh, I don't... Please don't anyone take this the wrong way. I I do not support either of these men's personal activities. I like I just feel like I want to make that clear. Like it's different with someone who's just like kind of a stupid like jackass sometimes like Brock. But like Matt Riddle and Austin Theory did so good. <laughs> they did so good in this match. And it's frustrating like Austin especially like, you can tell Vince McMahon must legitimately be, like, trying to find the adoption papers for oh, Austin Theory so he that clearly, he can inherit his he, empire. 
Listen, I think, I see a lot of, and I think, I don't remember if we were recording when I said this, but I think I said this on one of our recent episodes, but no matter how you, how you feel about Austin Theory, the issue is, is that Vince loves him, crowds love him, he's gonna stick around, he's gonna be around, and he's gonna be involved in these kinds of matches. Hell, he might even be in the main title soon, like, scene soon, sooner rather than later. So... I don't support him. I also don't support Matt Riddle either. However, um, you know, the internet isn't the end-all be-all for these guys, unfortunately, and the crowds love them. And they are, unfortunately, like, talented wrestlers, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, like, actually, this is actually, I also said this about Brock earlier when I was talking about the stuff that he did. Um, Because it was someone, like... Like, someone asked, like, sent an Anna on to a friend of mine, and they were like, y'all are praising Brock's homophobic ass too much, and I was like, number one, we can't control that his titties are big. Like, <laughs> we can't control what we're attracted to, okay? Oh. It's <laughs> like, but I was like, so you can recognize that someone is a jackass in their personal life, while also acknowledging their talent and skill in their professional life. Like, I personally think there actually is a difference when you're saying that someone is good at something they do for a job, but not praising them as a person. Like, when I say that Austin Theory is a good professional wrestler, I'm not saying that I like Austin as a dude. You know what I mean? I'm saying that he is almost objectively an excellent professional wrestler. He's super athletic. His wrestling skills are really good. He clearly, clearly has the talent to do character work. And I don't think it's wrong to acknowledge that and even to some degree praise that while also being like, but he's kind of a fucking scumbag. Like, I think that you can do both. It's just like, I am not praising him as a person. I am praising his skills, his skill and ability at his job. And all that being said, yeah, he did really fucking good in this match. Like, he was ridiculous. Especially, like, so for those of you who don't know, um, who may not have seen it, uh, spoiler alert, um, it starts off Seth and Austin. They do great. They have really good chemistry together. They're both super athletic in pretty similar ways, so I actually wouldn't mind seeing them work together again. Um, it's super good. I think AJ comes in next. AJ's always good, so it's just, it's gonna be good no matter what. Matt comes in. Uh, Matt also does great in this match, and you can tell that they're kind of playing on the stuff with him and Brock. Um, they didn't quite play on it as much with him and Seth, which I was happy about. I don't really need to see Seth trying to shoot on anybody because I don't think that's gonna go well for him. Um, but especially someone who's as good at like actual fighting as Matt is. I love I love Colby. Don't get me wrong. He seems like a great dude, but I full I firmly and fully believe that he would lose in a fight. Um but Man, wait, sorry. I remember when like Matt Riddle and Seth were like deep in their alleged beef. It's not even a legend. They had beef. And a lot of Seth fans were like, oh, he should shoot on Riddle in the Survivor Series match. And I was like, y'all want Seth to get, like, 
Y'all want him to shoot on Riddle? Y'all want him to get whooped, whooped? Like, I was like, I, I, I love Seth. I hate Riddle. Y'all want Seth to shoot on Riddle? That's like saying you want Seth to shoot on Brock. The only like, reason, <laughs> the only reason Matt Riddle stopped being an excellent UFC competitor is because he got kicked out for weed. Like, <laughs> like I'm just saying, like he's, and I'm not saying that all UFC fighters can win fi- every fight that they're in, but going up against someone who is relatively we're, untrained. We're talking Matt Riddle and Roman Reigns. Then yeah, let's we can have that conversation. Roman Reigns is like a giant Samoan man. He can get one lucky punch in on Riddle and lock. Well, him also, but also, this is Seth I'm just we're say- talking about. Also, I'm just saying Roman's gotten into fights before. Yeah, like Seth definitely is like. No, 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 like no, no, no. Seth's a nerd. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, he's a nerd. He doesn't know. What I'll, he's I mean, doing. I'll give Seth the credit for this. When that guy charged at him, he got him in that front face lock pretty quickly and like subdued that guy. Well, that's that because guy, he, he, that guy also wasn't a professional fighter. So like, yeah, you know. <laughs> but it's just yeah, it's like y'all need to stop acting like Seth could whoop his ass because yeah, cause... that's just not gonna happen. <laughs> It's time to be real. But <laughs> so I'm trying to get my guy beat up. <laughs> but but no, I mean it was just a really good match. Um at one point uh Seth uh power bombs Austin through the pod and knocks Bobby Lashley out. As oh, we yeah. found out later, that was a cover because uh Bobby apparently has to go get surgery and he's gonna be out for like four months. Hopefully less. Hopefully less time and he's able to come back sooner. But, you know, all the best wishes to Bobby Lashley and his surgery and then following recovery. Um, so Bobby was not in the match at all. We did not see him in the match. I actually was okay. Like, once it came out that it, he was actually injured and this was a cover for it, um, I was all for it. I was like, yeah, there was no other way to really take him out of the match with it and keep him looking strong. So, it is what it is. The, the circumstances sucked. Of course, I would have rather have had him in the match, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, he, uh... So, he did not participate, and then it came down to the last two pods. The timer went off, and, uh... It said that Bobby's pod was next, so they were like, well, Brock's gonna have to wait even longer... Obviously, Brock chose not to. Chose not to do that. Um, and he just kind of kicked his paw down. Tiger escaped the cage. Uh, he runs out. He just... He eliminates Seth first. And I was a little disappointed because I did want more Seth-Brock interaction. Just because I like Seth and Brock together. Um, I just think they're very good with each other. Um, knocked Seth out. Uh, eliminated him. Knocked Riddle out. Eliminated him. Knocked AJ out. Eliminated him. <laughs> and if you had told me that it was going to come down to Brock and Austin Theory, I definitely would not have believed you. Um, but this was one of those things that really, this should have cemented in everyone's mind that not only is Austin Theory not going anywhere, but Austin Theory is being shot to the top. Because there is no other reason for this dude who got called up for the second time uh, onto the main roster, like, this year. 
or like late last year maybe um there would be no other reason for this dude to be in this position other than he is getting just like jetpacked up to the fucking top of the card um because who gets to spend that much time doing this many spots with Brock like you have to be special for that to happen and you have to have like it has to be something that Brock wants to do so not only do I think that Vince likes Austin I think that Brock likes Austin um because Brock kind of put him over like Austin actually got offense in not a lot but he did but it was it was like you could almost hear the Benny Hill song like playing in the background and it was some of the like at the same time funniest and most brutal shit I have ever seen Cause Brock was dropping that boy. Like he was suplexing him like he was trying to hurt him. And it was awesome. Like, again, when Brock's working stiff, everybody that's everyone's problem. And it was just so good. Him and Brock, I honestly would not mind seeing them just have a match again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Cause it was just there was so much. Austin was running around. He tried to escape through the top of the chamber. Brock pulled him out. Uh, somebody I follow on Tumblr was like, "Austin's dump truck is too big to fit through that," and I was like, "You might have a point." But he was just throwing him around. He f fived him off the top of the pod. Austin low blowed him. There was just so much going on. And then you know, obviously after the f five. That's when the match ended. Brock won. New champion. Ten-time champion. Woo! Um, ten? Is that really what he's on? If I'm not mistaken. Wow. Ten-time world champ. Wow. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it ended. He pretended to take a selfie with Austin. Because, um, of course, he did. Uh, <laughs> but it was just such... It was so chaotic. <laughs> and it was awesome. I... I really enjoyed both chamber matches. Excuse me. Um, uh, yeah, he just... It, it just... It was all so good. And he... <laughs> and Brock just... Just... <laughs> tickles me pink, man. He... I cannot get enough of that dude. I just... You know, ever, I'm... Brock had such a great time in the Elimination Chamber. He was bricked up yes. by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was, um... I couldn't, like, I couldn't watch the whole clip of him doing that. Because I was like, oh, God. I was like, I don't, like, a little adjustment is fine. Anything more than that? And I'm like, I don't need something, like, inappropriate to happening. I was like, I why didn't they cut the camera from him? They could have cut the camera to commentary like, for a minute. No, they were like, y'all need to see this. Y'all need to say, see Brock Lesnar adjusting himself. <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to see it. Okay, yes. So, he has won the WWE Championship seven times and the Universal Championship three times. So, yes. Overall, ten times champion at WWE. Um, 
You know, I think it's I think it's actually interesting with him that they still have kept it so that he uh, has never won a mid card title. Oh, that's pretty pretty interesting. I never thought about that before. Um, he is only the only actual titles he has held in WWE have been heavy like world titles. Um, the closest thing he's gotten to a mid card title in WWE is winning King of the Ring and then winning the Money in the Bank briefcase but that's it um and honestly it's kind of cool because it kind of just it feeds into that whole um part of his character being he is just the heavyweight money match you know yeah but either way that was elimination chamber um what a weird pay-per-view uh I will say it was also kind of cool that the women didn't have to wear t-shirts this time. Yeah, I thought that was great. Um, I love that, as far as the side of pay-per-views go, like, I love that we're actually seeing a progression with each yeah. pay-per-view of things getting better. I know that, you know, w- I don't know much about the day-to-day daily dealings of what goes in Saudi Arabia. Um, I do know that it's a lot more progressive than people think that it is. Um, just by seeing some of my Saudi Arabian mutuals on Twitter talk, but, like, I do like that as far as, like, WWE and the wrestlers and women going there to be athletes. We're actively seeing that progression take place with each pay-per-view. Pretty cool. Yeah, it, uh, it's always nice to see, and obviously we don't need to get any more into the yeah geopolitics <laughs> than we have. In other episodes. We did a whole, basically a whole episode on it. So if you want to know our opinions, check that out. I mean, I think it's been mentioned many times. but That too, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but yeah, I enjoy the Saudi pay-per-views also. Like, these past couple that they've done. um, Just because it seems like... They've just been better. Like they've just. Been I feel really like well at booked. first they weren't really putting as much effort into the cards. Yeah. I feel like they were just kind of putting shit on there. But now they actually feel like they mean something, and there's like genuine storylines going into them, and they matter to the overall everything that's going on. They don't feel so throwaway. Yeah. Which I like. Yeah. Um. But yeah. That was that was pretty much. All of that that we had to say, which included a lot of extra things that had nothing to do with it. Did y'all like the fashion segment? I enjoyed the fashion segment. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, that that pretty much wraps up this episode, because, I mean, it, you know, what else is there to say? Yeah. I mean, other than that we need to shut the fuck up (laughs) and stay on topic, uh... But yeah, we've uh, we've got a couple more episodes to record tonight and throughout this week. So hopefully we will be back on our regular posting schedule. We uh, had some. I mentioned this in the the anniversary episode, but things outside of our control. Me going to the hospital. Uh, Naya's job. Jesus Christ. Um, I'm free now, guys. I'm yes. free. For now, <laughs> until you get another job. For now, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no uh. So there were some things that were out of our control that were keeping us from, you know, being more on schedule. So hopefully we're going to be able to get these episodes recorded and all, you know, do all the postings and whatnot. Everything will be good. Uh, So, song 
Oh god. And match recommendations. Oh I yeah. Sorry, that was not it having to do song and match recommendations. I'm just yawning a lot. Shall um, I go first? Yeah, go right ahead. Alright, so my song this week is gonna be Bussin' by Nicki Minaj and Lil Baby. <laughs> just because I've been listening to it a lot. I actually and, I haven't uh sorry real quick. I haven't been listening to that one. I've been listening to the other one that she came out with recently. Oh yeah. Do we have a problem? Also yeah, really good. I've been digging that. I like that one a little more, but but I don't know. Bussin' has just been kinda like my go to, but I yeah. do technically like do we have a problem a little bit more um and my match recommendation is gonna be Rey Mysterio Jr. and Eddie Guerrero versus Juven to Guerrera in Psychosis it's from an episode of Thunder uh from 1999 look at you it's on YouTube look at you with the throwback wow (laughs) Naya talk about one I didn't expect took me by surprise I have a shout out to uh, my good friend Lou. She's always making me like real. She's such a, a historian herself, and she made me like a whole like playlist Aww. of lucha matches, and just so that I could learn about lucha a little bit more. And um, that match is one of the first ones on there that I watched, and I just rewatched it recently. So I was like, yeah. If you are listening to this and you are looking for a very easily accessible introduction to lucha libre. I would suggest checking out WCW in the mid to late 90s in their cruiserweight division because one of the things that WCW did was to actively bring in uh, wrestlers from Japan and Mexico to bring in uh, Japanese wrestling and uh, Mexican wrestling and those styles into WCW because they wanted to have a broader a broader global reach because they felt that WWE wasn't really doing enough to bring in those styles. Um, so if you actually, like, if you just want, like, a very easily accessible, like, you don't have to research it a lot, um, like, opening into learning about Lucha Libre, that's a really good place to start. Because um, it just, it has, they really did have a ton. They had Juventud Guerrero, Psychosis, they had, um, Ultimo Dragon was a huge deal um, in WCW. Um, the you know OG belt collector Kenny was good, um, but uh, obviously Rey Mysterio, Eddie, and Chavo. It was just it was full of just some phenomenal uh, luchadors. Um, so it's definitely something to check out. It also had um, Dean Malenko in their cruiserweight division, and Dean Malenko's pretty great. Like he's never like he's never gonna get the respect he deserves, but definitely something to check out if that's a style that you're interested in, but you aren't sure where to start. Um, well, shit, I'll throw in a WCW match. Uh, if no other reason than for the historical significance of it. Um, and, you know, in celebration of, uh, his recent, uh, challenging for the Universal title, uh, I'm gonna say, and this is not to say that I enjoy this match necessarily, or that I think it is, you know, a great match, um, but Goldberg versus Kevin Nash, I'll have to, all I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, Goldberg versus Kevin Nash. It actually, they might have only ever had this match against each other. Um, for the world title, um, it is infamous. And actually, when, um, Roman and Goldberg were first supposed to face each other, 
it was also when the NWO had gotten announced for um, induction into the Hall of Fame. And in a segment where the NWO is getting, minus Hulk Hogan, is getting interviewed on SmackDown, um, <laughs> Kevin Nash says, uh, Roman Reigns called me. And he was like, you know, what are some tips for beating Goldberg? And Kevin Nash says, well, there's one thing that you need. And that's Scott Hall with a stun gun. <laughs> so, um... It was just, like, that cracked me up. That definitely popped me. I think it popped a lot of, like, WCW fans. And it also did kind of make me hope that Jey Uso would show up with a stun gun. Which didn't happen, which is disappointing, but it's okay. But yes, go watch Goldberg versus Kevin Nash. It's a historically significant match, more than it's a good match. Um, and, uh, song recommendation... So there's a song I've been listening to just over and over. Um, uh, let me let me find it so I make sure that I get the name right. Because um, I heard like a, I heard like the last like third of it on the radio a while ago, but it's um, "Big Energy" by Lotto. It's just. That's it's it's just been such a good song for me lately. Um, so that's my song recommendation, my match recommendation. Also, if you get a chance, watch the follow up stun gun on a like stun gun on a chain ladder match or whatever um, between Goldberg and Scott Hall. It's a giant mess, but it's fun. Um, so that is all for the elimination chamber <laughs> review and. Other and other stories by Dr. Seuss. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Stay safe. Wear your mask. Get vaccinated. Don't be a jackass. Uh, and we hope that you have a great night. And we will see you all next time.